The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Bill Barretta is with us today, who's an American puppeteer, actor, producer, and director who has worked a lot with the Muppets and the Jim Henson Company and everything. How are you today, first of all? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for uh, having me. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, what are a few of your best-known characters that you've performed? Uh, well, you know, there's. I've been fortunate to take on a few of Jim's uh, Jim Henson's characters. So, the, of course, people, usually they know the Swedish chef right away. Yeah. Rolf the dog, Dr. Teeth. Uh, Manamana, mm-hmm. you know, in a much more <laughs> uh, supporting role kind of thing. Uh, and then ones that I uh, created are Pepe the King Prawn, mm-hmm. Bobo the Bear, Johnny Fiamma, Big Mean Carl. Oh, yeah. You know, those are kind of the kind of the ones that f- fit more into the uh, the Muppet group. And then there's others, obviously, over the years, different uh, characters. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So how did you first start to get into puppets when you were younger? Did you particularly want to be a puppeteer? No, mm. no, not at all, actually. Uh, I just wanted to entertain people. And my brother, Gene, who's four years older than I am, uh, he really was the, the ringleader. And so whatever he decided to do, I was there with him. And he or he would you know, enlist me to be in his movies and things and make me do stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he's the one who wrote to Jim Henson in the late six, well, actually early seventies, uh, just to find out how to make a Muppet. He was curious. Yeah. And Jim sent him instructions back and sent him a letter and uh, on how to make a Muppet. And so that's what we did for, I don't know, maybe a summer or a year. Um, he and my cousin Gary really were the ones who made puppets, made the characters. And I just kind of helped. And, uh, and my aunt, my aunt Kathy uh, was a deaf mute teacher. Mm. And so she let us come to the classroom and, and entertain the kids, which was really cool. You know, we, all of the stuff that we did was just physical, you know, comedy yeah. and music driven. They loved confetti things, you know, blowing up in the air. And, <laughs> uh, and then they would, they put the, um, the big speakers back then they had, you know, we had huge speakers. Right. Yeah. And, uh, they put the, the the speaker facing the floor so that the kids could feel the vibrations better so they could follow along to the music, you know, on the beat. Yeah. Um, but other than that, no, I, I had no plans on being a puppeteer at all uh, yeah. until later, much later. Hmm. It's kind of weird that it was your brother that sent the letter to Jim Henson to learn puppets when it was then later you that went on to actually work with the Muppets. Yeah, it is. It's uh, pretty strange. I mean, he's gone on to do things that he started off doing very early in his life, yeah. uh, which was being an artist, uh, drawing. He was always drawing, always creating. And now he's a author, illustrator of children's books and all different, you know, he's just amazing. So he could have done anything and, and he followed different paths. He went to NYU and studied film and has done storyboard art for different films and and he's done animation for Sesame street. Um, but he's kind of landed this really sweet niche, you know, where he's got his, his studio and he's creating books and he loves what he does. And, um, and I just, I was pursuing the acting 
thing and um, moved out to California eventually in my late 20s. And um, Brian Henson and I have become friends over the years. We worked together in a theme park when we were 17 and we kept in touch over the next 10 years or so. And just after his father passed away is when I moved out to California and um, he had come out to visit because they were working on a new show called Dinosaurs. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of said, look, I'll do whatever, you know, if there's a job, you want me to get you coffee or, uh, <laughs> you know, pull cables, whatever. And he said, well, I don't know, you might be interested in, you know, getting inside of this big rubber costume. I don't know if you're into that, but yeah. uh, they had just done Ninja Turtles and he was saying, you know, it's this cool technology, but I don't know if you're into it. I was like, yeah, of course I'll audition, you know? Yeah. So fortunately I got that gig and, and that kind of led me because it was a Disney and a Henson production dinosaurs. I met all the Muppet performers and we just became friends. And I guess I fit into the group and was creating characters and being silly and stupid and then started to learn how to puppeteer a little bit, yeah. you know. It's yeah. quite an interesting show, Dinosaurs, because in most Henson and Muppet productions, there's kind of only really one main performer who does the voice as well, whereas Dinosaurs has the person in the suit, the person puppeteering the face, and also a separate person that just does the voice. How come mm. they hired different people to do the voices in that show? Uh, it's a good question. You know, the, the only, well, there were a few people who did, but, but the, you know, one of the main cast obviously was Kevin clash who yeah. did the voice as well as perform the puppet. Uh, but then there were also other dinosaur puppets, uh, not the, the walk around characters, the big yeah. suit characters where some of the performers also did the voices occasionally. Um, but I don't know. I think it was a choice because it was Disney and Henson that they felt that it would be great, you know, to find some really, some voices from well-known stars and celebrities to just add some yeah. excitement to it all. I mean, I, when I hear it in my head, even though, I mean, and, oh, that's not true. I'd have to say, cause I do hear Stuart a lot when I think about Earl, I do hear his voice, yeah. but at the same time, I hear Mac Wilson, you know, and I hear Dave Goals who did the first season. I hear their version of it. And when I think of Fran, even though I know it's Jessica Walter's voice in the series, I hear Alan Troutman in my head, yeah. you know? So to live in it for three or three and a half years, hearing the voices of the people who were doing the production track, like Steve Whitmire's version of BP Richfield yeah. is locked in my head, even though Sherman Hemsley was phenomenal. Right. Mm. Um, so to me, I mean, I think of the show as I, I hear the performers who did it, but I, I also admire the people who came in and did the voices because I thought they did a great job. Not an easy thing to do. Yeah. So how yeah. did you go from being inside a costume to actually having a puppet on your hand and mm. forming a traditional Muppet character? Yeah. Well, uh, I think I was dumb enough to get in the suit. <laughs> 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 I think they were looking for people who were really stupid <laughs> that were willing to do that to themselves. <laughs> Uh, so I was up for that. And then I don't know, I, I, uh, I started just, you know, as I would assist, I guess, because occasionally I would assist some of the puppet characters on dinosaurs. You know, if I wasn't yeah. inside of Earl, uh, I would come and help do a right hand or I would watch and observe. And, and so I just, I started to enjoy it, you know, and I started to want to try it. And so uh, the workshop lent me a puppet and I went home and I just, when I would get home from work, I would set up a camera yeah. and a little T to my TV and I would just practice. And I just thought maybe this will go somewhere. Cause if they're going to, you know, when this ends, maybe I'll get to kind of do a background character or something. It'd be good to know what I'm doing, yeah. you know? Uh, and I enjoyed being with the guys, you know, I enjoyed hanging out with the Muppet performers and I thought, well, Boy, I like to try and continue that. So I just worked at it. And yeah. and I, I I know I've said this before, but the hardest part about it was, you know, I felt I felt pretty comfortable uh doing characters, mm. you know, because I studied I came from an actor's kind of place. Yeah. And I felt comfortable creating characters and and being that. But when I started learning how to puppeteer, um, a lot of my 
you know, a lot of the stuff that I felt comfortable about with character went away because I was so, you know, I was thinking about the technique, yeah. right. And, and how to get that great. And so my, my acting got and my puppeteering hopefully was getting better. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, once my technical side started to get stronger, then the characters I think started to come back and then I could try and find the balance of the two, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was an interesting process to go through. I suppose, is it kind of like learning to drive a car? First off, you're thinking about what's inside the car. And then mm-hmm. once you've learned that you have to kind of focus on what's outside, once what's inside is kind of become subconscious. Yeah, yeah. Or, or And even like, you know, if you're driving a car, right, you can do it in a video game, right? And you're driving and you, you, get, you get the idea of driving and, yeah. you know, park and gas and brake, <laughs> but you don't really think about the engine. Mm. Right? You don't think of what makes the car go. Yeah. And so that was kind of it. I felt comfortable being the car, but I didn't know how it worked. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. was Muppet Treasure Island when you first started to work with the Muppets or had you done projects with that franchise before? Yeah, I did a couple things before. My, I have a bad memory, but I think... Yeah. The first thing I think I did after Dinosaurs was uh, a classic, uh, what was it called? Fairy Tales? Uh, oh. uh, fairy Tale Muppet Theater? Muppet Classic Theater. Probably. Muppet Classic Theater, right. And I did yeah. an Elvis Elf. Oh, nice. In that. That was kind of my first, you know, kind of character, I think, that I did, that I was nervous about doing. And and I, uh, I think it was the first time I worked next to Frank Oz and, you know, the, yeah. Jerry Nell, all the guys. You know, it was my first thing with the Muppets, uh, really. And then, and then after that, or no, sorry, I think before that we did a music video called Kokomo. Oh yeah. And I did some background characters and assisted. And then I think we did the, the, the Muppet classic theater. And then after that came a show called animal show, which we shot in England. And that was really a, a training ground for me. That's where I learned really how to, kind of meld the two as best as I, you know, learning how to meld the two, the character and the performance. Yeah. And that was a lot. I think I did like 40 characters or something. I, I don't wow. know. Yeah. It was because I played most of the guest, not most of them, but a lot of the characters I did were the guests on the talk show. All right. Uh, with, it was stinky and Jake. Do you know this? Have you ever seen this show? No. That's one of the few shows I haven't seen. I'll have to add it to my list. Yeah, check it out. It's called The Animal Show with Stinky and Jake. Steve Whitmire is Jake the Polar Bear. Great character. <laughs> Dave Goals is Stinky the Skunk. Great character. And um, uh, Karen Prell, Louise Gold, myself, Mac Wilson, uh, John um, Heckleston. Heckl- Heckl- so am I getting Eccleston, not Heckleston. We didn't heckle him. <laughs> Eccleston. Uh, we kind of did the other supporting characters. Yeah. And it's really fun. It's it's informational. It's for you know kids, but um it was great. It was a great show and it was a great learning ground, uh, you know, learning curve for me. Yeah. And then after that came up a Treasure Island. Oh yeah. And that was my first movie character. Yeah. So when you were working with all these puppeteers behind these characters, did you ever feel a bit starstruck? Like, oh, I'm working with Kermit the Frog. No. I I mean, I love the idea that I was with the Muppets, but I think I was more starstruck that Frank Oz was around. Yeah. You know, because that's that's where my I mean, I grew up wanting to be an actor and wanting to perform and be in movies and right. So I associate Frank as that, you know, mm. Jim and Frank were the, you know, probably the, one of the greatest pairs or comedy teams that I grew up with. Yeah. You know, to me, it's like Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin, Abbott and Costello, Bert and Ernie, you know, yeah. Frank and Jim. So I was just thrilled to meet and be around somebody like Frank. Now I just, he's so annoying. I just don't like him anymore. I hate him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's just annoying. I can't get rid of him. Did you get to spend much time with him? Because the decade you joined is also when he started to perform in person less and less. Did you have enough time to sort of get to know him? Yeah, well, uh, the first, like I said, the first time I met him was on Dinosaurs. Hmm. And um, 
that was early. It wasn't working next to him, but he came up to me and he, he, he said, you know, I think you're doing a great job, but just, you know, you might want to try and connect the head to the body a little more. Ah. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, occasionally, you know, if you reach up and touch the face, you know, like people do, they scratch mm -hmm. their chin or their cheek or try connect, try doing that occasionally. And I think you'll find it'll bring the character. And he was absolutely right. And then Muppet Classic Theater, I got to work next to him. Muppets Tonight. We worked yeah. next to each other, Treasure Island. We got to work together. Um, so yes, he was kind of heading more into his directing and and you know coming out of the performing stuff, although he still did it. Yeah. Um, but we just became friends over the years. I was just telling somebody, he asked me to uh <laughs> to read the screen direction for Bowfinger. You know the movie Bowfinger? Oh, yes. Yeah. So he invited me to go to uh, to 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 read the screen direction at a read through, yeah. and and um, I can't I can't tell you the whole story, but 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 anyway, uh, that was the first time I had done anything with him that was outside of Muppets, and that was very exciting for me to be at this table with these actors and these people to do this movie, and then I was reading all of the screen direction. It was really unnerving but exciting at the same time. <laughs> Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, when we were supposed to meet, it was at the the, uh, the Bel Air Hotel, <laughs> and uh, there was this. They have this little sweet kind of cute diner inside, oh. and um, he said, "Meet me there, and we'll go over a few things before we go to the read through." And so I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting, and I'm having a cup of coffee, and he comes in, and he sits completely at the other end of the. <laughs> of the diner and doesn't say anything and i'm just looking at him and waiting for him to, <laughs> you know just to mess with me you know it's just what we do to each other and then he did some of that during the read-through he messed with me during the read-through which was another story but yeah yeah but yes i did i've got to work with him. we've become friends over the years you know yeah. we he i don't know why but he invited me to be a part of muppet guys talking his yeah. documentary okay. i was thrilled to be a part of that um but we're good. We're, we've been friends and we just, yeah. we're stupid together. Silly. <laughs> yeah. Well, with Muppets Tonight, you created a few new characters, including Pepe the King Prawn and Johnny Fiamma and Bobo. Mm. So mm. first of all, how did Pepe come about? Uh, well, geez, this is a story I told a lot, but, <laughs> but uh, I don't mind telling it again because it, it's, uh, he's based on a family member. My wife, Christina, was born in Madrid, Spain, and her aunt, her mother's sister, uh, is basically Pepe. I mean, um, she was really funny, really mischievous, funny lady. She had a great accent. She always ended her sentences with okay. <laughs> so it, we just, I felt that that was really a fun uh, quality to her. Uh, and, and actually she was known as, because my wife has, I believe it's three family members in Spain named Maria Teresa. That was her name, Maria yeah. Teresa. She was actually known as Maria Teresa Okay, <laughs> because she always would say, come on, we go to the mall, Bill, okay? Okay. Yeah. Bill, get in the car, okay? Turn off the air conditioner, Bill, okay? Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where that's where he comes from, from my wife's aunt. Absolutely. Did your wife's aunt take it in good spirits that you'd base this character off her? She did. She got a kick out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, she passed away shortly after mm. we did, so, you know, that he came about. But um, yeah, yeah, she she got a kick out of it. Yeah. Another character you did was Johnny Fiamma. And mm. one of the best moments of Muppets Tonight is when he sung with the Tony Bennett that you put the coin in and he sings. I'll say. Yeah. What was it like to record that scene? Uh, man, well, that that was a dream because Tony yeah. Bennett is, you know, my idol. I couldn't believe he was going to come do the show. And then my friend, Dick Blasucci, who was the um, executive producer and showrunner for the show knew that I loved Tony Bennett yeah. and he wrote and decided that they would write a, an episode around Johnny, you know? <laughs> um, and so it was just a dream. And where well, that moment when he puts the, when he, presses the button and Tony comes on and sings, I left Martin San Francisco yeah. as the animatron Tony. I was supposed to, um, to do that. You know, he stopped singing. I'm supposed to say something. Yeah. 
and I just was in tears, you know, and I couldn't go on anymore. I just, I, they, everybody was waiting for me to say something. <laughs> and there I was just tears coming out of my eyes and wow. um, we had to cut and, and, you know, do it again. But um, it was just a thrill. It was uh, amazing. I could show you something real quick. I know people won't be able to see it, mm. but can I show you something? Yes, of course. This is audio, right? We're not doing video. Yeah. Just audio. Yeah. Let me show you something. Hold on. So while we were shooting Muppets tonight, Tony, they had a trailer outside of the stage for him mm. and they had a TV in there so he could see what was happening on the stage. Yeah. And uh, so he came onto the stage at one point towards the end of the day and he said, uh, hey, Bill, I said, yeah, Tony, you think you could do me a favor? And I said, yeah, what is it? And he goes, well, could you sign this for me? And oh, he wow. had been drawing johnny and sal and clifford in the trailer oh lovely and so he came up to each one of us brian and myself and kevin and asked us to sign it i was like what are you kidding you want me to sign it what are you talking <laughs> you know and i said oh i really appreciate it you know you guys are great yeah. and uh so uh, we all signed it and then about five years later three to five years later i went to see him in concert and I went backstage afterwards to say hi. And he had his, he, well, I guess wherever he would go, he would bring his drawing, uh, you know, yeah. uh, book or, or whatever you want to call it, pad. And this was still in it. He goes, you remember this? And I was like, yeah, man, that was, you remember that? And he goes, yeah, I want you to have that. And he gave it to me. Wow. And uh, I couldn't believe it, you know. And now... I realized I, I it was in storage because I had moved and I, I didn't realize that he had never signed it. Oh. I had never asked him. And so last year, two years ago, I asked uh, his son, Danny, if he could get it to him and have him sign it. So he finally signed it for me. Yeah, that's a great yeah. story. Oh, man. The best. Yeah. Now, you've also inherited quite a few characters, mainly from Jim Henson. Mm. Is it quite a daunting task to take on such iconic characters? Sure. I mean, Jim Henson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, you, you, you want to do the right thing and you want to make sure that it's representative of what hopefully he, because I never, I never worked with him. I met him twice, but I never worked with him. Uh, so I don't know the real motivations. I never got to, got to watch him perform yeah. these characters that I do. So I learned about these characters from the people that were around him. Yeah. You know, the people that work next to him, uh, taking up any, any information, sucking up anything like a sponge that I could get about him, about the characters, Dave Goals once said to me, you know, when Jim would do Dr. Teeth, he would grin. <laughs> oh, yeah. He would just, oh, he'd be like this. And I realized that was a big, actually a big part of it yeah. because there's an energy to that, yeah. you know, and that's different. You know, it's different than, than Ralph. Ralph is rounder, mm. you know, and he's a little more, Ralph's more round, you know, playful. Yeah. And, and Dr. Teeth is grittier, you know? Yeah. So, so there's a real, you know, if, if I had seen him doing these things, I think I could have picked it up. But so you just try and find the essence and think about, you know, you watch the character itself and the things that he did with them. And you try and find the essence of what that is. And at some point you have to just realize that it will never be the same. Yeah. It's impossible mm. because I didn't create it. Yeah. You know, I didn't create these characters. He did. And so I'm just trying to do the best kind of impersonation I can, but try most importantly to get the essence of the character so that it yeah. feels like him. Even if I don't sound exactly like him, it feels like him. He moves like him, yeah. you know, that, that, that kind of stuff. Do you feel maybe a little bit nervous about continuing to grow those characters? Because sometimes they have to develop into what they would be in the modern world. But I guess it can be hard when you didn't originate them and worrying about it not being true. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's challenging because oftentimes over the years we've had people that, um, you know, are are kind of given the reins. Yeah you know, to decide 
what the script should be or what the editing ultimately is like on a project or a film or what the scenes are about, what they're going to do. Mm. We're certainly the puppeteers and the performers have been consulted and we talk about things, you know, and that we're given certainly the opportunity to talk about, but unless you're an executive producer, which is what I've been working towards over the years is yeah. to have an overall say in the tone of these characters then I can, you know, all the Muppet performers can't be executive producers together yeah. on each project, right? But if one of us is, then we know that we trust in each other to take the input, Yeah. right? So, so I can say, you know what, guys, let's talk about all this stuff. I happen to be in this position on this project. Let's talk about it. Let's hear what the thoughts are. What should we be doing? Yeah. Previous to that, it wasn't always that way, yeah. right? Previous to, I'd say, the last... Well, I'd say five years, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, is trying to go that direction, but now even more so. Um, it was harder because it was kind of like, well, this is what it is, yeah. you know, can we like you please do the, do the lines and boy, it's frustrating, especially for people who were, you know, these originators, Dave Goals, yeah. right. And Steve Whitmire and having to take some of these notes that they know isn't right yeah. for the character. It doesn't feel right to grow in that way. All characters have to grow. Otherwise you're just right. You're just the same. Yeah. So, so we're always looking to grow them, but keeping the integrity in mind and keeping in mind the, again, the tone and the essence of what the Muppets, who the Muppets are. Yeah. You know? And the performers, especially people like Dave and Steve, who worked on The Muppet Show, probably know more about the characters than any executive or writer, right? Absolutely. Frank, yeah. Dave, Steve, uh, you know, people who were there, Jane Gutnick, mm. workshop, you know, people that were there, you know, Ed Christie. I mean, there are, there are people, not just performers, you know, not just the producers, and there are people that, Again, I've tried to gather the essence of and learn about this stuff from all of these people, people in the workshop, the designers, the builders. Um, they're all, everybody has a little piece of gem yeah. because he was, you know, just this amazing person. They all have something of him, you know? Mm, yeah. Oh, that's my wife back there. <laughs> that's Toby. I'm doing an interview on. Huh? No, I didn't know if you wanted tomato beetle cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll check in with you shortly. Oh, I'm going to make mine. Okay. No, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> hi, Toby. She said hi. Oh, hi. Okay. You do edit these things a little bit, right? Yes. But okay. maybe something like that could possibly be seen as funny by someone. So you might leave that we'll in? Leave it in. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you've been a puppet captain in several projects. What well, actually is a puppet captain? Because that's kind of a unique thing to Muppet films, right? Yeah. And, you know, as I get older, I prefer general. That's what I tell yeah, people. Or admiral. <laughs> the puppet general. Yeah. Um, no, well, you know what? It was, I don't, I'm not exactly sure when that position was created, although I learned it from Kevin Clash yeah. and then uh, aspects of it from Jane Gutnick. Mm. And then she and I kind of were partners at first in that position. And then I kind of ended up doing it. We started splitting the responsibilities, Jane and I, right? Yeah. So um, puppet captain is basically, it's a weird term. I don't even like it. Like, I, <laughs> I think I would rather it be, you know, something like uh, Muppet liaison or something, you know? I mean, that sounds she-she, but, <laughs> but something that describes more of a collaborative thing amongst all the departments, because that's yeah. really what it is. It's about this person who works with the grips, right. To figure out how the sets are made, yeah. right. And how, what to build and how we're going to achieve certain things logistically. Mm. The guy that works with the uh, video department who helps figure out where the monitors need to be for the Muppet performers, the guy that works with the director to help figure out what the shot is based on what you can see and what you can see with the puppets. Um, you know, all these the, the, working with the workshop. What do we need for this scene and that scene? How many puppeteers do we need for that scene? Who's doing what as a puppeteer? Who's assisting who? Um, working with the writers, 
yeah. producers, right? It's all that. It's kind of this little nucleus position that I have an understanding of all the different departments after all the years. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like, a, I don't know. I, I don't like puppet captain. It's just, <laughs> this, I don't like the term. So I don't know if you have an idea of a better, what else to call it? Uh, mm. Maybe you could help me. I, I don't know. It's like yeah. a little, I don't know what he is. Collaborator. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just Muppet director. Maybe even that would be. Well, but not really because, yeah. you know, there's a director, right? Yeah. I so I don't know. Yeah. Is it a relatively new thing? Because back in the day, Jim Henson would either be producing or directing anyway, so it wouldn't really matter. Well, I, you know, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know where it started, where they needed to hmm. kind of take that responsibility off of him or whoever at that time. You know, it feels like, like I said, the first time I became aware of it was Kevin Clash was yeah. doing it. And that was on Muppet Treasure Island and kind of on dinosaurs as well okay. with Jane. Jane was in charge of the puppets on dinosaurs. And so I think there they did it maybe together, but then really watching Kevin on Muppet Treasure Island was really my first exposure to that position. Yeah. You've done yeah. a bit of directing as well, particularly you did one of the episodes in The Muppets and the ABC series. Yeah. Did you have any experience directing before that? Yeah, sure. Well, and that's the other thing, you know, in a way, this puppet captain position, um, I help directors who have never directed for the Muppets, yeah. right? Because I've learned by watching other people who have mm. uh, Brian, watching Brian, you know, um, watching Kirk, working with Kirk. So I do. I, I mean, I, I direct, even though I'm not sometimes the official director, I've done Lipton Tea Commercial. I've oh, yeah. done. Um... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I direct uh, segments, you know, like I've directed segments for things. Um, i trying to think, what have I? Oh, uh, pilots. Yeah. You know, for we did a thing, America's Next Muppet years ago. Uh, Bobby and Samson, a show called Tinseltown, we did with Henson. Um, so, yes, I've, over the years and writing as well, similar 
as far as writing. Yeah. Was it the Little Green Lie, the episode you directed for The Muppets? That sounds right. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Because that was quite an interesting one, because I think there was a little bit of, well, it was controversy with the whole series, but there was a little bit of controversy about Kermit lying. Was that maybe a little bit harder to direct? No, because I think we all do it. I don't know why it's so controversial. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, you know, I guess Kermit's held up to this godlike thing. But he's just a frog, you know, and so I thought it was very natural that mm. people make this mistake all the time. They they cover yeah. to hurt someone's feelings. You know, they tell little lies to keep someone from being hurt. Mm. And uh, it's often misunderstanding, uh, you know, that that gets you caught up in a lie. Yeah. Um, and so, no, I thought it was fun. I, I love that uh, they were trying to hide this because it, it gets resolved, yeah. you know, it gets resolved. And I suppose it was a white lie. It was done with good intentions. So yeah. I guess that makes it okay. You hope. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the idea. And, and again, these are, you know, the Muppets are flawed. Yeah. If anything, they are completely flawed. And that's what's so great about them. Yeah. And I think what people forget is that, you know, nobody's perfect. And that's how the Muppets are. They're a mix of all kinds of creatures and beings and they're not perfect by any means yeah absolutely i guess that's why people like them and relate to them yeah yep who do you relate to who's the character you relate to i don't know rolf is my favorite Uh and i'm not just saying that because of present company (laughs) just because he's kind of relaxed about things really Hmm. i suppose yeah, you feel like that's kind of a personality you're drawn to or you feel like you are that way um i suppose a little bit of both yeah Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tend to people ask me who's my favorite character to perform, you know, and and I don't know if the, it's not a favorite, but Bobo is the most like myself, I think. Yeah. You know, he's he's just kind of an easy going, just can't believe that, you know, they're letting him stay out of the zoo, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that he's allowed to be a part of this thing. And that's how I feel a lot. Like, I can't believe I'm doing what I'm doing, yeah. you know, but, but his, his, his attitude is very relaxed, easy going, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever you want to do, you know? Yeah. Vocally is quite similar to Rolf a bit, isn't he? Is there a difference in your mind? Well, yeah, it's character, mm. you know, it's about the character and, and it's funny cause I didn't think I would ever be doing Rolf yeah. or Dr. Teeth at mm. the time when we did Muppets tonight. And uh, I, I felt like, I felt like when I would do these Muppet projects that we did, that there wasn't that quality, that gym quality. Nobody yeah. was kind of doing that gruff character that Jim had done for so many different characters, you know. And so on Muppets Tonight, I thought, well, maybe I'll just do a little. This will be my little tribute to him. Yeah, I'll do. I'll try and do something that's a little. You know, kind of like a gym voice, you know, yeah. and uh, and so I started doing that, and then people were like, "Oh, maybe you should do Rolf," yeah, you know, and uh, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> how am I going to di- differentiate?" You know, and because I didn't, at the time I didn't know, I wasn't thinking how much it is about the character and not just the voice. Yeah, you know, the voice is really 15 percent, mm. and the rest is all about character, yeah. and so. They're just different, you know. Rolf is a has a different philosophy, and and he's a little more bouncy, you know. He's a little more kind of like yeah. easy going, you know, as well. He's easy going, but then Bobo is a little bit just lower, but he's just a little more straight. Yeah, just you know, he's just kind of yeah. okay, sure, whatever you want to do. Yeah, you know. And then Doctor Teeth obviously is oh, that yeah. gritty kind of energy, a different energy, mm. you know. But yeah, it's about the characters. Yeah, I love that in the 2011 Muppets movie, it took Bobo about an hour into the film to think, are we working for the bad guy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's pretty dim. (laughs) And another character that you've taken over from Jim Henson is the Swedish chef. Mm. What's it like to perform him? Because he seems like it'd be quite fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. Because we still try and keep up that tradition that, Jim and Frank did, which was Jim operated, you know, the character, the body and to the head and the voice. And then Frank did the hands Mm -hmm. and they didn't always know what the other was going to do. You know, that great, do you ever do that game where you put your arms behind your back and somebody sticks, right. And somebody puts their hands through and they do your hands. Well, that's the tradition. And so um, 
for years it was Steve and I, and and then it became Peter and I, Peter Linz and I. And so we have a lot of fun doing it because Peter's amazing and he always has fun things going on. So we'll, we'll talk to each other about what we, you know, the beats we need to hit. Yeah. And then we'll just go for it. And then we'll kind of say, okay, you know, that worked, that worked. Let's try and keep that, but still keeping it unexpected. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it, it's interesting whenever I get a script, you know, people don't know whether to try and write the words for him, <laughs> you know? Uh, and usually what I just ask is if people will just write what you want him to say. Yeah. And then let me kind of figure it out because sometimes there are certain words that I like to use that help me, uh, you know, without, without being really clear, you know, trying to, the, 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 the trick is to um, interpret the dialogue through behavior and then nonsense words that you think you know what he's talking about so milk yeah. is usually moo moo you know <laughs> or um uh i don't know it just depends and so that's the thing i like to just take the dialogue and then i try and figure out how would he say this and how ridiculous does it sound and then of course most importantly how am i conveying it visually because that's really yeah. what he is he's a visual character how did you learn mock swedish to improvise with him did you watch jim henson or did you do what he did originally and listen to tapes of mock swedish no i know i didn't have access to those but it was just about watching jim yeah and then and then hopefully trying to figure out how to then make it my own with still again the essence of jim and his version of the chef and you know tonally keeping it there but I just, just watching him and just trying to be absurd. <laughs> the absurd side of Jim, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Is the Swedish chef married? Because he has a wedding ring, but I don't know <laughs> if that's just because of the performer anyway. Uh, I can't, I don't know. Mm. You'd have to ask him. Oh, I feel like you would know him quite well. I don't know. If We've you're... met, <laughs> yeah. but uh, he doesn't tell me everything. Yeah, I don't know. And if plus, I don't understand, understand him. Even <laughs> exactly. if you asked him, you wouldn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> You've also taken over Mana Mana for a few kind of events and stuff, live events. Yeah. For a lot of people, that's one of the best known sketches of the Muppets. So what's it like to take on a character that is not major, but mm. everybody knows him? Yeah, everybody knows it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, that was something I just really wanted to, as, as far as the routine goes, Yeah. I wanted to do that exactly like Jim as best I could. That was my my thinking the first time I ever did it live. Wait, was that live or did we pre-record it and play it? Mm. Can't remember now. I think either way, I, I either way I did the voice as well, but we did a live show. Um, 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 uh, can't think of it. It was a Muppet. Uh, oh God. Muppet fest. Oh yeah. We, we did something called Muppet Fest and we did a show for charity, a live show. And it was the first time I did that routine and I wanted it to be exactly like Jim's performance. And I got the best compliment. Jerry Nelson said, I, you know, that, that was Jim. Right. And I was like, no, (laughs) he said, wow. He said, that was really good, Bill. You know, that was really good. So I, you know, that was a huge compliment for me. And so from then on, I've just always tried to keep it as close to him because Menomino doesn't really do anything else except yeah. perform that song. So I just like to keep it as close to him as possible. Yeah, because the only time you're going to perform him is for that song. So pretty much, yeah. Yeah, you don't need to yeah. do any character development. Yeah, it's not like he's talking about you know what sandwich he's going to make or something. He's just he just says Menomino. <laughs> <you know? laughs> And Dr. Teeth as well. Is he quite exhausting to do? Because he's really loud and everything like that. The energy. That's yeah. a, that's the thing. Dr. Teeth has a lot of energy. Probably, I probably don't put as much into it as Jim did, but I try. Yeah. Uh, and it's harder on the voice. And it's a hard angle, oh, right? Yeah. So if you look at his posture, his, his body is like that. And so that wow. forces you to put more weight on your forearm yeah. when you're doing it. So it's tiring, you know, it's even more tiring. And he's heavy. He's heavy-ish. Yeah. Yeah. And who is Topo Sticky? Because you've done a few videos with Pepe the King Prawn and (laughs) 
double sticky. Who came up with that idea? That is from the insane mind of Kirk Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Kirk? Yes, the director who's done a few things. Yes, designer, director, artist, insane person, <laughs> Kirk Thatcher. Uh, yeah, it was his idea. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what made him think of it, but he just thought, I, I think it was probably to torture me yeah. to get me to do both because I do both voices, right? So I'm doing it in in, in the moment. Yeah. And Dave Goals, when we first did, to, well, I think he's the only one who's done Topo Sticky. Mm. Dave Goals does the hand of to, that holds Topo. <laughs> and so uh, that was just a lot of fun because I was making stuff up too. Like we had a, yeah. we had a script, we had an idea, but then I would... <laughs> <laughs> but then I improvised and Dave did some funny things where, you know, like a ventriloquist character is always played out, right? Yeah. It's always out to the audience. And Topo actually talks to Pepe, <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is Dave's choice is to have him talk right at Pepe instead of out to the audience. <laughs> but, yeah. team. So that cracked me up. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's just, he's Pepe's little ventriloquist stick. Yeah. And then I don't know. And then it went even more bizarre. Again, this is Kirk. Then he then he was actually not Topo. Mm. He's like a, a guy named Remington. Something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So ridiculous. You know, I'm Remington. Uh, and, um, so I don't know yeah. why that it's it's Kirk. He's insane. Yeah. I've seen a few pictures of him. He looks like Dr. Teeth, actually, with hats <laughs> on and everything. Yeah, he's like a happy big jolly pirate. Yeah. Yeah, and a film you worked on a few years ago was the Happy Time Murders. Mm. Was that a fun film to work on? Because because of edits and stuff, it didn't mm. end up being the film that Brian initially intended to make. Yeah, no, I, it was a great film to work on. I had a ball. I had a blast. I, I had a great time improvising with Melissa, you know, and, and Ben Falcone, who was on it as a producer, and Maya Rudolph, and all, all of the all of the actors on it were phenomenal. We had so yeah. much fun. And we really built relationships, you know, that we shot. You know, we there was a lot there. And just unfortunately, the choices were made after to, to cut things and to change things. And um, a different film than Brian intended, but still, there's still great stuff in it. You know, I think there's great puppeteer work in there by everybody. All the puppeteers involved were amazing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it could have been a more f uh, rounded, full, full film that was yeah. intended and written. And yeah. I think there's still the problem that Jim had in the 70s of this perception that puppets are for kids. So to see a film where puppets are investigating murders and doing some blue stuff, people... Definitely for adults. yeah. People would be surprised yeah. by definitely rated r yeah. uh yeah I, I i you know i don't know if he would be surprised or if he would mm. think it's fun and crazy <laughs> and timely or not I, you know i don't know it was brian's try i think brian brian felt comfortable doing it and um i don't know it's why not it's I guess crazy seeing how far you can push it yeah you know it's everything is possible so there's no it depends on who you're trying to show it to i guess yeah. You know, as long as little kids aren't watching it, it's okay mm. by me. Yeah. Well, you can't see it at the cinema legally anyway, so Yeah, sure. That's fine. Yeah. Do you feel that your characters that you've inherited like Rolf have developed their own traits other than Jim made? Uh hmm. Have they really developed newer traits? I don't know about new traits, like new ongoing traits, but I think they've had new perspectives on things, yeah. you know, occasionally that, that I, geez, I'm trying to think of an example, but I feel like, yes, they, they, they've evolved in some way, but I don't think it's changed who they are. It's more about what they've done or things that they do or things that they get involved with or, yeah. you know, if, if there's something they get involved with and they're unsure about it, I try and figure out how to get them back to who they, you know, to who they are. It's like they're, they're trying something, yeah. you know, here's something new. Uh-oh, okay, either that's a good thing or it's a bad thing and try to adjust for that. But I can't think of a, an, a, an existing trait that they've taken on that's new. I don't think so. 
Well, I mean, Dr. Teeth has a little more vibrato in his voice, maybe. Mm. Yeah. When he sings, you know, uh, he's a little more. Uh, I think when he sings, I just like that. I just like the quality of of a of soft vibrato at times, you know, that helps bridge things uh, yeah. musically. And I'm not sure if Jim necessarily intended him to be that way. Mm. You know, he's a little more hard, a little more punchy. Um, but I've tried to find ways of of balancing and finding a little bit softer side to him, a little more vibrato, a little more, yeah. you know. Does singing come naturally? Because you are the lead singer of this world famous rock band. Do you feel comfortable recording songs? I do. I love singing. Yeah, mm. I do. I don't know how good I am, but I I like doing it. It's, yeah. it's always something I've liked to do ever since I was a kid. My brother played the guitar, and so we always harmonized and sang together, and with our friends and our family. And yeah. so I'm, I'm I enjoy doing it. It's you know how is it how is how do I kind of use it for the Muppets and, and the Muppets are very forgiving when it comes to music because yeah. it's about the characters. And so they don't have to be the greatest singers in the world. They just have to convey a feeling. Yeah. Cause you're a puppeteer first an actor second. And I don't know if singer makes the top 10, but you know, <laughs> well, I, I might flip that actually. I think I'm an actor first oh. and then a puppeteer, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, just because I think, my characters are rooted in and grounded in the uh, ideas of a certain style of acting, you know, that I like to think that they're grounded and rooted first. And I think that has to come from acting Yeah. to, to help uh, create and support whatever's on your arm. <laughs> I think you need that base, you know? So I, I would think I'm an actor first puppeteer. And then, yes, I guess a singer, if that's a yeah. thing. <laughs> maybe well for me, a song yeah. you sung on actually won an oscar so you can't be doing that bad oh uh man or muppet yes, uh, you're, yes the, you're right. the guy that goes am i a muppet so there's, <laughs> you've won your oscar for that yeah where is my oscar by the way i don't know did they just give it to brett and then that's it maybe i didn't get one mm. they didn't send me one yeah huh I wonder if Jason Siegel got one and, yeah, Peter. and Peter Linz. I wonder mm. if he got one. I don't know, because do they make multiple Oscars for the same award? Because I'd have guessed maybe they'd just... They better. You could cut it up into little bits and each take... Yeah, just give me a, the, the head. Take the head or the arm. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And yeah, because you've got <laughs> so much stuff in that room, but all that's missing is the head of an Oscar. I just need the head or arm of an Oscar. Or the wing. Wait, is that an Oscar? No, no, Oscars don't have wings. No, That's the I don't, other one. Just don't think they do, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's it all been for COVID? Because you've been filming some stuff for certain chat shows and stuff with the Muppets, right? Yeah. So how have you been doing that from home? Do you have professional cameras or are you filming it all on your phone? Is it live? Uh, they send us some equipment. Oh. So um, we'll, we'll use, you know, iPhone 4k mm. you know quality cameras uh, as far as using an iphone that's worked great yeah. sometimes we use green screen you know we'll set up a green screen in our home here oh nice uh or i'll use different sometimes i use locations of my house depending on what works yeah. you know a wall or a kitchen or something um uh, but we've done yeah live zoom stuff right so it's just that or when we do things like we did ABC special, we did uh, sing along, ABC sing along. Yeah. That was all shot on on our iPhones. Everybody, you know, is about how do we pull all this together, which I was involved in producing that stuff and pulling it together. And um, yeah, so, so really it's, it's, it's been challenging, but I think we're all getting used to it to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly easier sometimes than having to go to a set, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's true. And with COVID, it's been really kind of scary and unsettling for many people. So we're just trying to stay safe and create what we can while we can. Yeah, because I'm guessing you can't go to a studio place and film stuff together. So it must be kind of worrying, like, when's the next time that we can all meet up again? Well, we've done a few things. All of us have at some point been somewhere briefly for oh. some shoots, but not long periods of time. Yeah. Uh, well, some of us a little bit longer, um, but I myself 
uh, have only been to a stage, well, a stage one. I've been to a stage once in a year. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I think Sesame Street's started back, but all socially distanced and masks and everything. Yeah, that's the thing. And there's a very strict protocol as to what you do when you arrive and when, yeah. when you're tested before you start and when you're every three days you get tested and everybody on the set is wearing a mask or a shield and mm. the area where you're shooting, people can't come into that area unless they've got a shield. You know, it's very specific protocol. Yeah. And you actually worked on Sesame Street for a little while because you were the original performer of Elmo's dad, Louie, weren't you? I was, yeah. I did home video stuff. I didn't really do Sesame Street, uh. but I did home video and I loved it. I had a ball. Yeah. I had so much fun doing that. <laughs> yeah. We had a good time. And I guess is it just because you live on the West Coast that it's kind of impractical to regularly be part of Sesame Street? Well, at the time, uh, yeah, they, they, they didn't want to keep sending me across the country. So uh, instead of getting caught up in that, I just didn't want to get caught up in the debate of all of that business stuff about cost yeah. and but but uh, I just thought you know what Tyler Bunch is amazing if he if he's into it and if he can find it I think it'd be great if he did it so we talked about it and I thought yeah please why don't you try and get this you know and yeah. so he took it on but yeah I, I, mean, I loved it I just loved the character he reminds me of one of my favorite performers ever is a guy named Louis Prima oh yeah uh, that's who he's based on Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, are you able to do any impressions of Muppet characters that aren't your own? Because people do impressions of Muppets all the time, and I'm wondering if you can do any other characters. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes in a read-through, if somebody's not available, we do it, but I don't <laughs> think we're good enough to do it. I don't know who I would do. Uh, maybe Kermit? I don't know if this is... <laughs> Hey-ho, hi I don't know if that's any good. I can see why you didn't get the job. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well done. I see. So you just asked me this question just so you could (laughs) knock me down. Uh, Let me see. Who else? Uh, No, I don't. No, I really don't have it. You know, I really don't. Don't try. I, I, I don't normally try. Yeah, no, I guess I don't. I get you no. say that, but then in a few years you'll have taken over some other character that you had no idea. Just like Rob. Maybe I don't know. I don't know who else though. Who? But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the newsman. I don't know if he's in there or not. But... Maybe. Are there any highlights that stand out to you since you've been performing over the years? Have you met really famous people and been honoured by it? Oh uh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, you meet all kinds of people. Uh, I remember on. Um, Am I going to get this right? I don't want to screw this up, but it was really sweet and important. When we did um, Muppets from Space, oh. it was this very sweet girl. I believe it was a Make-A-Wish situation, and she came to the set. And uh, I, I gave her a, a sheep to oh. perform at the at the dinner table or the breakfast table. So she came oh. under there with us, and she hung out with us. And... Um, that's when I was doing my for, you know, captain stuff. And, and I just thought, let's just keep her around, you know? And so yeah. she came under the table and she was with us and you'll see, she does, there's a sheep that's at the table. Uh, and it's, I, I, and I'm so sorry. I can't remember her name, but um, those are the moments that are, are amazing, you know, to see somebody that just is uh, so happy, you know, yeah, makes you, makes you, think how great this stuff is sometimes yeah never knew that that's an interesting story i'll have to look out for that the next time i see the film or the scene yeah it was a little if i can remember i believe kermit is at the head of the table Mm. and she's kind of almost at the other end but on the side of the table and it's to his so if you're facing kermit it's to his left or our right she's on that side and there might even be, if you look on, uh, for some reason, I think there's a photo hmm. uh, of, of people under the table. And she has a little hat on. Sweet little girl. Sweet girl. I think she was maybe 13, something like that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Well, you're probably not allowed to answer this, but what's next for the Muppets? What's coming up? None of your business. <laughs> 
<laughs> who hears this you have to take that out or bleep it yes <laughs> uh, okay um what's next yeah more ah good answer more that's what we want to hear yep there's more yeah so hang in there that's always coming good. the muppets are not oh. dead folks that's right just let them know they're yeah. still around uh yeah there's more to come yeah and during this last year or so you've also been working on your i believe the word for it would be vodcast the beretta brothers with your brother gene and you've had all sorts of guests on yeah is this been something you've been wanting to do for a while or was it just the pandemic hit and you wanted to have something to do yeah well gene and i have always wanted to work together you know in some way in our adult lives um and so it just because of what was happening covid world we just thought what can we do and we thought maybe it would be fun let's try and see what happens and it's been a lot of fun it's been great well, it's quite a bit of work, as you know, to pull things together and to get it all out there. And, and you know, it's the hope is that you're going to gain some momentum and, you know, notoriety with it so that people can hear all these fun stories. Um, and, you know, we wish it was bigger than it was is at the moment, but we're now broadening. We're going to, um, it'll be on podcast as well now. So more people can listen to it, uh-huh. not feel like they have to watch it to see it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kind of just broaden the spectrum a little more and uh, hopefully it'll get out there more. And then we just took a hiatus actually, because we've yeah. done 45 shows, I think wow. over the last year. So um, we thought, and some of them are, you know, two hours, some are, some are a little longer, you know, yeah. uh, but we thought let's just take a little break. And, and uh, cause I'm a little busy on some stuff. He's busy. He's got some new books that are coming that he's working on. Um, so we're going to take a little break. I don't know how long, probably not that long, but, uh, enough to get the podcast going out there and seeing what that does. And if it brings us some more viewers and then we'll come back and do some more. Yeah. And hopefully some more interesting guests on the way, cause you've had amazing people that, you know, the average person like me wouldn't be able to book. You've had like Ricky Gervais and yeah. Kevin Bishop and all sorts of Muppets people as well. Yeah, it's been a, quite a mix. We had, you know, uh, Danny Trejo. And oh, yeah. Because we had him and his his friends came on because they love him so much. His cousin, you know, and and, and uh, Robert Rodriguez and then John Voight. And like, it's just been really a lot of fun. You know, Bobby Moynihan from Saturday Night Live. and yeah. But then getting people like... You know, Jane Gutnick to come on, Fran Brill, uh, well, Frank and Dave, you know, annoying. Uh, They asked to be on. I I had to do it. Uh, (laughs) uh, But so many different people, you know, artists and friends have come on. We've had, uh, we had Benjamin Franklin. Oh, really? Yes. He showed up. We could, I don't know how it happened, but Benjamin Mm. Franklin was with us. Santa Claus joined us. Did you have a psychic medium on the show as well that day, perhaps? No, they would. I don't know the connection. I think Gene had a connection somehow to somebody who knew them. And, (laughs) you know, but for Ben Franklin to show up and he still looks good. He still has skin. You know, it's it's amazing. I mean, he's obviously not left the house at the moment because he's high risk. How many hundred years old is he? I'm not sure. He must have every disease at this point possible, right? I mean, it's over. How old is he? 300 and some years old or something? Yeah, that must be about right. Yeah. Anyway, he looked great. He looked he's great. He's first in line for the vaccine as well. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, But he looked good. I don't think he's yeah. worried about it. But yeah, so so we've had a lot of great, fun guests, and uh, hopefully we'll just keep getting more. Yeah. Well, where are the listeners able to keep up with you? Is there any way we can do that? Thank you very much, Toby. Uh, yes, the BerettaBrothers.com, B-A-R-R-E-T-T-A, the BerettaBrothers.com. Uh, and that's our website where you can find all of the past episodes that we've done, some gallery fun stuff in there. Uh, and then you can check out my brother's, uh, webpage, GeneBeretta.com. He's got great stuff there. If you're interested in books for your family and, and presents and his artwork, he's just amazing. So, uh, please check that out too. He doesn't smell very good, but he's a great artist. Well, it's good that we can't really meet him in person these days anyway, so we won't have to worry about that. Yeah, you don't have to worry. And and uh and actually he's he he used to be a vegan, now he's eating a little more 
a little more like protein, some fish, oh. maybe a little chicken. So it's mm. good. I'm really happy for him. I feel yeah. good. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today. It's been great talking to you. Thank you, Toby. It's been great uh, hanging with you. Great questions. And thank you so much. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribben Show.